Well, he had obviously been to Sacramento, (laughs) which is a couple hundred miles away. And he was like, dude, like, I can't see at night. (laughs) Like, you really need to get some fucking oil lamps out here. Things are so So. muddy. Yeah, and muddy. Clean your streets. I think my Agent 355 was absolute shit today though because i wrote it a while ago and a lot of it was copy and paste and i was like i'll just like say that in my own words rather than actually writing it out in my own words and that's the first time i've done that and it i was like oh this is i'm not doing this well (laughs) this is a bad plan (laughs) that's how my notes are but mine are always fresh yeah because i don't have the energy to like plan ahead and Prepare. have a few in the stockpile so <laughs> see and i'm trying to because it's my podcast so i'm like i probably should yeah but lucky for you i looked this one up today before after i got back from lunch so when you were like when do you want to record and i was like i don't even have a topic for you because wow i, I have well okay that's not true i have one we kind of decided not to do that one mm. and then i have one about goldfish but i was like i don't just not thrilled to do that one. And then my other two that I have that are written up are kind of in that same like copy paste style. And I was like, yeah, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to wait and go through these. And then I have two that are are works in progress. And I'm like, I can't do any of these. But then I remembered I was going to do Emperor Norton because I had asked if you knew who he was when I was trying to find a weird topic and you were like, I do not. And I was like, that's right. This is what I'm doing for Matt. So I'm very excited. I only know Edward Norton. Yeah. And I almost typed Edward Norton several times in my notes. And I was like, nope, that is <laughs> not it. <laughs> it's just like total habit. So I had a teacher in middle school whose name was Mr. Norton. I have no idea what his first name was, <laughs> but he was one of the weirdest teachers I ever had in my life. So I took a mandatory computer class and it was only for one quarter and it was actually junior high not middle school because right um at this school that i went to it was it was a junior high instead of a middle school and it was seventh grade and you only had to take this computer class for one quarter but this is a very poor school district and we were learning how to literally write code for like old Apple computers from like the eighties oh because gosh. that was all that they had. And it was, it was legit code writing and that's what we did. But the first, it, it felt like five years of, of our lives, but it was probably only like the first two weeks of class, which is a <laughs> long time. But Mr. Norton would talk about all the dangers of electricity and stuff. I don't know how that happened with computers because we weren't like getting into the internals of a computer and like changing out motherboards or some shit. But Mr. Norton felt that we had to understand electricity. And he literally told us all these boring stories (laughs) about electricity and like weird shit like not even how electricity started or how anything like he was just telling these boring ass stories and I can't even like remember them now. I just remember like 
he told us this weird story of like this person that let like a hundred thousand volts go through his body and it like eventually like started this board on fire that he was holding up but he was fine and but it was it sounds like really cool the way i just said it but the way mr norton said it (laughs) it was the most boring shit in the world to a 12 year old like we just all wanted to kill ourselves it was only like a 45 minute class and it was the most horrible thing i've ever gone through oh man that's really the only other norton who's really been in my life uh, apart from edward norton yeah Except know. for like Norton antivirus. Yeah, there you go. That's true. <laughs> I remember when Norton antivirus came out and I was like, wow, that reminds me of Mr. Norton. I love that he is like stuck with you. You know, what's interesting is that I have thought about like people's names and, or, and I'm like, I don't even remember that person's name. Like I had a fourth grade teacher that I loved and I'm like, I don't remember her name at all. Oh, like, Wow high school teachers like i could not tell you pretty much any of their names like i know mrs grant was my english teacher and she was incredible and i love her and that's like all i got (laughs) wow i know i could probably tell you almost every teacher's name that i've ever had and i'm terrible with names like right off the bat you know yeah but like if if it's something that you know i have to write on a paper all the time you know like mr norton yeah. You know, period six yeah. and all that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to remember that. You'd think. Apparently. Uh, well, okay. I know kindergarten was Mrs. Butler and then first grade yeah. I had Mrs. Brown. Yeah. That's like, I think that's pretty much almost all I got. Sixth grade was Mrs. Wow. Schwab. I had a science teacher in junior high named Mrs. Johansson and she was rad. <laughs> and like, I, Yeah. I truly like I did. Um, I was a TA in ninth grade for a teacher. And I also had this teacher for one of our like home ec classes. I do not remember her name. I even think about like some of my past clients that I've had in the last five years. And I'm like, shit, what was that dude's name? <laughs> wow. You're really bad with names. It's, yeah. I am very bad with him. But I also feel like my brain goes like, yeah, we don't need that shit and just deletes it. It's like, what, what are That's you ever going to use that for? Right, yeah, I could tell you almost everybody's name that I worked with. Like, that's crazy. Wow. But I also have, like, no life. So, you know, why not hang on to that stuff? Yeah, there you go, I guess. <laughs> I fill my brain with, like, all sorts of shit all day long. Like, I have so much useless information that I think my brain has just started to delete things. It was just like, yeah, yeah. T- like, teacher's names? We don't give a shit. We're done with school. Like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I I know you do have... And it varies for people, but I know you do have a capacity for information. Yeah. And eventually, it just starts pushing shit out to get to get new stuff in. So if you ever see a politician, here's what you do. You call them by their first name, and they will actually like come over to you and be like, Oh, yeah, hey, how you doing? You know, Because they meet so many people yeah. all the time, and they don't know if any of them are donors. They'll be like, oh, yeah. So I wish so bad. I live in California and I've lived here a long time. I wish I would have somehow come in contact with Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) when he was the government. Because all I would have had to do is be like, hey, Arnold. Hey, how you doing, man? And he would have come over and be like, I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah. And I'd be like, you know who I am, right? But of course I know who you are. You're the best. You're the greatest. And it would be like, yeah. 
I missed my opportunity. Now he's just a normal guy again, so he has no reason to care about anybody. It's true. Uh, he seems like a great person, though. I mean, I know like he had an affair, and that's not. Oh that's yeah, not great. you know. Apart from the fact of like boning his, uh, <laughs> he fathered his a child and kept it quiet for <laughs> twenty it years a from all of his family. Yeah, I mean, he's a great guy. But I mean, like, no. he seems like he's down to earth. Is what I mean. You know, like, like he's uh, just like, what up? Like, I don't feel I, like he's super Hollywood. You know, like he's just like, hey. here's the thing. <laughs> I have a hard time not liking Arnold, like no matter what he does. Same. I just really like Arnold, but I honestly think he's just not a good person, but he does do a lot of good things. And I think it's, he does, you know, we, we as humans have a, a, a terrible habit of being like that person did something really bad. So they're a really bad person and really no, like we're all a mix of like good and bad. And we need to realize, like, we're all super flawed. Yeah. And we all have great things about us. And just understand that people are people. And you take the good with the bad. And if it's something that's so bad you can't deal with that person anymore, I totally get it. Yeah. But if it's other things where you're like, yeah, maybe I did that or maybe I'd really like to do that, but I just haven't yet. Like, just understand, like, they're a person too. They got flaws. They probably hate that they did that. Yeah. And just realize like they're people. So Arnold is a really good example of someone like that. Like he does great things for kids. He does. Yeah, um, he does. He has a lot of great organizations out there. And I really think like he's a super dude. I don't think he's the smartest man in the world. And I think that um, he's he's done some, you know, pretty shady things in his life. He was a horrible governor. Like, he's not a good dude in a lot of ways, but, like, I know, like, if I knew Arnold, like, I would love that man. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he seems like he would be a great friend where you would just be like, man, Arnold, that that guy, you know, like, he would come, he'd, like, end up at a bar or, like, a dinner with, like, he'd walk in and everyone would be eating dinner and he'd come over and be like, hey, guys, you know, like, I'm not going to do his accent, but, you know, he'd come over and, like, say hello to everyone like he's picking up takeout and then you would go to pay for your bill and he would have like got the entire table and everyone would just be like that guy oh that's arnold Arnold. you know like that's that's what my brain goes to with him that he's just like that dude that everyone likes and they're just like you know what him so back when chris (laughs) hardwick (laughs) totally back when chris hardwick was a person that people liked um Uh, yeah he um he did a, a Nerdist podcast with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I remember Arnold was like talking about the um, meme that's come out from like the Predator where he's like, get to the chopper, right? <laughs> and he's like, like unironically, like I don't think he got it. But Chris Hardwick brought up like, you're kind of a funny guy. And he was like, oh yeah, like uh, when I did the uh, Predator thing back in the day, you know, I said, get to the chopper and it was serious. But now like I'm on the street and people come up to me and they're like, get to the chopper, they'll say it across the street. And, and I'm like, it was never funny before, but but now they realize like I'm a funny guy and that's yeah. what they say. And it's just wonderful to see like how this is uh, transformed and I'm a totally different person nowadays. Like, he just, he didn't quite get it, but he loves that, like, people still like him and and they think he's cool. Like, Arnold is. 
he's rad. He's a super guy. I would love to hang out with Arnold. So there's also this meme. And this is totally me because, like, I love weightlifting and stuff. Right. And the meme says, you know, so if you had the choice of going on your, you know, dream date with a supermodel or working out with Arnold Schwarzenegger, what workout would you do first? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's totally me. It's like not even a decision. It's like, fuck that supermodel. Right. Yes, I want to work out with Arnold. (laughs) It would be so awesome. (laughs) Uh, you know what i think i would even choose that i mean if they were like here's this really hot man or working out with arnold schwarzenegger i'd be like yeah i'm gonna work out with him (laughs) are you kidding me (laughs) be great totally Uh, you saw that video i might have sent it to you that video of that dude like jumping into his back at like some press tour yes yes yeah. And he literally was like, afterwards, people were like, are you okay? He's like, I just thought I was being jostled by the crowd. And I was like, what yeah. a badass. Like, are you I know. That was me? actually pretty cool. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, he's old. Like, I know he's Arnold, but he's old, man. And he Dude, still he's was 70... just like, I'm a tree. <laughs> like, <laughs> He is the Austrian oak. Yeah. That's very good that you chose that word. <laughs> I was going to say he's an oak tree, but... Shut up. He's that's his nickname, the Austrian Oak. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Arnold. I know a lot of Arnold facts, so I'm just gonna stop. Well before I even get started. That's fine. I mean, this is the podcast half ass history. <laughs> I'm Cola. My this is, um this my is report my, on yeah. Arnold would not be half assed. It would go on for like three hours and be very detailed. It'd be a hardcore <laughs> history episode. <laughs> It would be the autobi or sorry, it would be the biography of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I wish it was the I wish it was the autobiography <laughs> of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It would make me so happy. Uh, yeah, the dream to interview Arnold. Who knew? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would be so cool. Um, I would ask dumb questions. <laughs> you'd be like uh, the Nerdist when they interviewed Harrison Ford. Oh my gosh, that one was such like a uh, I, just a fan fest. It was so bad. Uh, but I also don't think it was as bad as they think it was because they were like, yeah, yeah, it was so uncomfortable. It's our worst episode. And I'm like, I didn't think it was that bad. Like you could just tell it that really they were excited. Too bad. But but they were like, like later on, Chris Hardwick, Hardwick has talked about it where he was like, yeah, but Harrison Ford is one of those dudes too who he will like let you sit in uncomfortable silences. Like he doesn't help you along. Like Tom no. Hanks would be like, "Let me here, I'll give you a hand with what you're trying to say or I'll help you out of this." And Harrison Ford just like revels in him. He's like, "Yes." <laughs> Make this more uncomfortable, please. Harrison Ford might be one of those people where he's just all bad. Like, he's just <laughs> such a shit person. I love him. I don't care. <sighs> I think it's fantastic. I'm like, yes, that's it's that's exactly what I want out of Harrison Ford. I don't want him to act like Tom Hanks. I want him to kind of be a little bit of a dick and just be like, like, I just want him to kind of kick back and be like, yeah, sort this shit show out that you just dug yourself into. <laughs> It's it's what makes him Han Solo, yeah. and that's that's the greatest Harrison Ford character ever for me. So for sure, it that's works. A, that's all I want him to be. So Harrison Ford must be a Leo because he absolutely loves himself. 
Sure. I don't know. I don't know enough about signs. Oh, really? I know mine, and that's, like, all I got. <laughs> I actually don't know shit about yours. It's very uninteresting, so. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We like balance, so we're just like, please leave yeah. us alone. Don't drag me into your drama. Oh, balance. Neat. Yeah. We're the <laughs> scales. <laughs> yeah, wow. <Woo. laughs> it's thrilling. But, well, what I was trying to say is this is half-ass yes. history. I'm Cola, yes. and you're my brother. I'm Matt. Yeah. I'm here. You're, you've been on quite a bit, so hopefully people would recognize you, but also maybe not. I don't know. So I figured... Probably not. I figured 20 minutes in, maybe we should introduce who we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. That's a good idea. Good call. And they may not recognize my voice. I probably sound different every time. So They might not start with episode one, you know? Who knows? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just another episode for them. Yeah. They don't know who I am. Maybe they were like, I need to hear about this Emperor Norton dude and whoever you're going to do. Right. Or whatever. It's not a person. Yeah. <sighs> Fun. Um, so I should probably start this one. Go for think, it. right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Your sound... Is yours funny? Yes. Okay. So mine's not funny. Okay. It's just... Kind of interesting. Great. At least to me. But I find weird shit interesting. Great. So, yeah. Side note, um, you did not tell our mother anything about our podcast or where to find it. So I had to be the one to finally tell her where to find it. It's because... And she listened to episode one. It's because I haven't put it out. So I didn't want anyone to know that it was live <laughs> i'm only sending episode one to people to people that are going to be guests right now so that they can listen to it and understand the format Ooh, maybe our mother can be a guest with you i was like mom maybe you can be a guest this was weeks or months ago and she was like she just couldn't understand the concept which you are already aware of and i was like okay but i'm wondering she's coming out here in november and i feel like we all three should record one because i just feel like it would be hysterical um i'm totally down i'm totally okay. down like if if you want a shit so shit show episode like i'm totally down and that, uh-huh. i'm like maybe we can record one where she sits in and understands it or maybe we just jump straight into all three of us trying to teach each other something um if you want someone who's like asking dumb questions the whole time what is that about <laughs> like you could have her sit in for a little bit yeah yeah and then uh, and then um, yeah and then down the road we could like have a, a a podcast with actually like three different hosts yeah with like a tiny topic that each one discusses yeah it has to be short yeah. yeah. <sighs> Mom. That's why I can't watch movies with her because she asks all the questions. <laughs> all Who's that guy? I don't know. You were doing dishes when this guy was introduced. <laughs> like she'll do that. Watch the movie. She'll do that where she checks out or she will not check out and then she'll still be like, Wait, who who's this? And it's like, <laughs> no one knows. He's he just got here. You've been watching <laughs> the whole time. I don't know. Because he just showed up. <laughs> We're all watching the movie for the first time <laughs> right. at the same time. She'll do we that. We have no idea who that is either. She'll do that or she'll go, what's that person been in? And I'm like, Ton- <laughs> tons of shit. 
And she's like, no, I've seen him in something. What has he been in, Nicole? And I'm like, first of all, I'm not IMDb. (laughs) Second of all, I can't then go through all the movies this dude has been in and then try to cross-check them with the movies that you have seen because guess what? I don't know what those are. (laughs) And like, find out which ones correlate and what you've seen him in. And I'm like, I don't know, mom. And if, like, I've tried to actually do that. Usually I just pull up IMDb and I'm like, I don't know, he's been in this, 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 and this. Because if I don't do that, she'll keep asking. And she gets, like, very mad that I, like, don't have an answer for her. And I'm like, I don't live in your brain. (laughs) You figure it out. And when you do, I I will clap for you. (laughs) Look it up. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, sure, but I should. Okay, got it. Right. Yep. Old people. Let me list all the movies this actor has been in while the movie still plays, and then you miss more of it, and you have to ask me questions again. Uh, And you probably don't remember any of the movie titles that I'm going to be throwing out at you. Nope. Even if you've seen them three times. True. Uh, Anyway. All right. Teach me something. Okay. I'm going to teach you about... Boy, how do I... How do I come across here? Uh, Because it has to do with older history. Okay. But also modern time history. Okay. And what it has to do is with modern day treasure hunting. (gasps) Ooh, okay, cool. Specifically with uh, sunken treasure. Okay, cool. That's all I'm dealing with today. Rad. So um, there's this company that I'm going to focus on. They're kind of like the prominent one out there. They've had a few episodes done with like documentaries from nat geo and discovery channel and stuff the company's name is odyssey marine exploration great that's gonna be the last time i say that long name okay from this point out i'm gonna consider their name o-m-e okay all right so they are a private treasure hunting company they've been around since the 90s and they're still around today um, I almost invested in this company back in 2008. Wow. I'm glad I didn't. Great. But we'll get to that later. So they specifically look for sunken treasure. They have a few ships and stuff. They'll go out and uh, map the ocean floor if they have info of a shipwreck, and they'll try to find it and then recover it. So super hard stuff to do. Mm-hmm. They're actually traded on the NASDAQ. If you want to trade in this company, it's O-M-E-X on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Okay. So they're actually known for a few shipwrecks over the um, over the couple, last couple decades. Most notably, they're known for uh, <laughs> finding the Spanish ship, the Mercedes. Okay. And we'll get back to that later. Okay. But one of their uh, more successful finds was in 2003 the company discovered the ss republic and this was a private ship at the time and we'll go into a little bit about that so the ss republic it was launched in 1853 as a private ship the ss tennessee so uh this goes into like all the crazy stuff that goes on with like maritime stuff like okay you'll have a ship and it'll have tons of different names and different captains and it'll get upgrades and stuff so following the history of a ship is pretty crazy sometimes hmm. this is one of those examples and i'll try to go through this quick because um for once i wrote like two and a half pages 
of notes for this thing. So. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. I'm going to try to get through this quick and, and as interesting as possible. So it was uh, a private merchant ship at the time. So it wasn't, you know, a warship or anything like that. During the Civil War, it was launched in 1853. The Civil War started in like 1860 about. The Confederacy seized the ship in 1861. So they're like, uh, yeah, we need the ship and we're going to use it as a warship. So shortly after that, the Union took over New Orleans, where this ship was in port, and they took it over as a Union ship. Um, they used it a little bit here and there, really had no significance at that point. So after the Civil War in 1865, the ship was auctioned off and it was renamed the SS Republic. And for a couple of years, this thing, like, went all around and transported people here and there like uh it would take people from the south take them down to panama which is where they would drop people off they would go a few miles over to the other side of panama and then go to the pacific and then come up into like california okay before the panama canal that's how people had to get across the country right if you didn't want to go with a wagon or something so it transported passengers and gold and silver for a while now this is right after the civil war so you have to understand that like currency from mm. at that time there was like paper currency from the union right and the confederacy and right after that like nobody really wanted to accept either one of these so what we Solid. call hard currency was uh one of those things that people really wanted hard currency would be like gold or silver coins where it's like here it is like it's not paper this is legit like precious metals so this thing transported a lot of those so this thing was transport the ss republic was transporting people and a whole bunch of gold and silver and it ran into a hurricane in 1865 and it sunk Okay. Now, most of the passengers were actually recovered, but the cargo and the ship, totally not. Was lost to the depths forever. Exactly. And people have these ideas of like, oh, sunken treasure. Like, it's just available for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just sort of the idea you have, right? Yeah, like, if I find this in the ocean, that's mine. Right. But it's not that So way. we will get into that later. It's not quite that way. Uh, but sense. since. Since at the time this was a private ship, maritime law is a little bit complicated okay. and not exactly like set in stone. Anyway, OME, Odyssey Marine Exploration, that's what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. uh, back in 2003, they discovered the SS Republic, and it was about... 100 miles southeast of savannah georgia and it was in 1700 feet of water okay so but they were able to recover about uh, a third of the treasure and it was fifty thousand coins okay. gold and silver coins and plus a bunch of artifacts and stuff so that was a successful recovery for them because it was a private ship yeah nobody contested it they recovered it they sold it to museums this company is doing great. Okay. So in the late 90s, this company discovered a British ship. It was called the HMS Sussex. Okay. HMS was Her Majesty's ship. Okay. So part of the English Royal Navy at that time. So this was an English ship that sank in 1694. 
and it was near Gibraltar. Now, if you know where Gibraltar is, it's the very southern tip of Spain. Oh, okay. And it, yeah, it's right there, like right there, like that weird small little entrance of the Mediterranean. And it's right there, like on the other side is Africa, Morocco, and then on the other side is uh, Spain. Now, Gibraltar is this weird spot. It's like 10 square miles, and the British actually own it. They took it over in the 1700s, and there's been a couple wars for Spain to try to get it back, and it's never happened. So the people in Gibraltar, they're totally British. They only want to be British. They don't consider themselves Spaniards. Wow. And they're totally for the uh, British monarchy or whatever. So Interesting. Um, yeah, so back in 1694, uh, Gibraltar was still a British colony or territory, I guess you would call it, and the, the ship sank right off uh, over there. Now, the ship was carrying 10 tons of gold coins, gold and silver coins. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, right now is where I'll get into some of my half-ass maritime law. Perfect. Now, private vessels are basically free game, but like military vessels okay. under a country flag, they're considered under this uh, sort of maritime term called sovereign. They have sovereign immunity to those vessels. So this is one of those weird ones where like it's kind of contested because um, if you go back to my uh, I think it was the first episode I did with Alexander Selkirk mm -hmm. back in the 1600s. It wasn't always clear if pers if a ship was under a country's flag or if right. it was a private ship or it was sanctioned by a country to be like a privateer which is basically a pirate ship but yet funded by a country right but yet if a privateer uh captured another ship under this pseudo country's flag it it wasn't considered an act of war so it was a really strange concept so ome considered this ship kind of in that category where they're like hey i don't know who this ship was under so they found this thing and basically under maritime law they weren't going to be allowed to recover the treasure so in uh 2002 when they had first discovered this thing they worked with britain currently you know at that time in 2002 and they were like we're going to share like in the proceeds from this and and basically it was like a 50 50 thing like we'll recover it you're the owner of the ship so we'll give you half of the thing so spain comes in at that point like a, a year or six months later and they're like uh this might be a spanish galleon hmm we don't know exactly what it is. We know it's like shipwrecked right off our coast. Yeah. So we need you to prove that it's that. So um, OME decided like, okay, you can have like some Spanish archaeologists. When we start doing our first recovery efforts and we can figure out exactly what this ship is, right? <laughs> but at that time, OME discovers this other ship off the, port off the coast of Portugal and I'll get into that because that totally like derails this whole thing. Okay, great. <laughs> so um, I'm going to skip a little bit because this is just kind of getting a little long. And I, I might come back to it. But in 2000, well, let me see here. 
Yeah. Okay. So in 2007, OME finds this other ship off the coast of Portugal. And it's a ship, and this is actually pretty stupid in my opinion, but it was pretty much almost definitively a Spanish ship, but OME just decided to recover it anyway. Okay. And they didn't really talk to anybody. So anyways, the ship is called the Mercedes and its actual name that the Spanish called it was Nuestra Señora de las Mercedes. And that basically just is what they call it. Like Mm -hmm. the British call it the HMS. We call it the SS Mm -hmm. or the USS. That's what Spain calls it because they're like very flowery. Okay, yeah. But we'll just call it the Mercedes from now on. Yep. (laughs) So this thing was like totally in international waters, but it was almost definitely a Spanish ship. Yeah. So the Mercedes, it was built in 1786 in Havana, Cuba. Because at that point, Cuba was a Spanish territory still. Okay. And they had ports there dry docks that were able to build these humongous ships and stuff so built in 18 or sorry 1786 it sunk in october 1884 or sorry 1804 and it was sunk by a british ship okay and it's kind of an interesting story like spain and britain were totally at peace at that time oh but the commander of the mercedes and it was a, a flotilla so it means like there was a main commander of the Mercedes and there's a few other ships that were traveling with it. Oh, okay. And that was pretty common, right? But this dude on the Mercedes was the main commander. Um, he kind of rejected the peace with Spain and Britain. So he sees this British uh, contingent of ships and he's like, he's outgunned, he's outnumbered, but he's like, go to battle. Like, we're going to sink this ship. So oh one of the British ships in the in the British fleet, they realize like Spain's going to arms and, and their commander's like, dude, fire on this thing. So one of them, the HMS Amphion, fires a couple shots and they hit the magazine on the Mercedes, which is the main place where all the powder, all the gunpowder is stored, right? Oh. And it was pretty pretty common that if you got a good shot it would go through there and it would ignite all this powder in that thing. So that's what it did. It totally blew up everything and the ship sunk. Okay. Right? And the other ships were like, uh, they were like, okay, we give up. Yeah, they were like, so, he was just a crazy captain. <laughs> Please. Exactly. But unfortunately, like the people who recovered ended up going to prison. Prison back then, he didn't last very long. Like, yeah. I don't know why anybody decided to be a sailor back then, but whatever. <laughs> So, OME comes along in 2007, they recover this thing, and they tell their investors, like, hey, we've discovered this huge treasure. Yeah. And and their stock goes crazy, right? And that's about the time where I was like, I need to start investing in this. Luckily, I did not. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but they don't really tell anybody. They recover everything they can out of this wreckage. They, they recover 500,000 gold and silver coins. Jeez. It's worth like $20 billion. Yeah. So the company is like, oh, dude, we just got this windfall. We're doing good. They, they recover this shit on their ship. They bring it into Gibraltar. 
mm-hmm. you know the it's this british controlled small little area of spain yeah and they bring it into there and then they fly this stuff plane after plane over into florida which is where the company's headquartered okay and it's this private warehouse that they have i was gonna ask they where they're the based out there. of so okay florida yeah it was a total u.s company based out of that <laughs> so they recover this thing and they don't ask anybody about it and all of a sudden when it sort of comes out what this is about spain like starts going crazy and they bring up all this international law and stuff i'm not even going to go into all that because i don't even understand it but you can bring something out in like a international court and our federal courts kind of have to decide on it and figure out if we're going to side with them or whatever. So anyway, in 2009, a U.S. federal judge orders OME to return the treasure to Spain. OME sits on it. They do a bunch of appeals. It goes on for years and years. Finally, in 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court sides with Spain and says, you guys, you got to turn over this. OME continues to try to appeal it for like another few months and finally they're forced just like we got to give it up and they they cede the whole entire treasure worth billions of dollars over to Spain in 2013 at that point you know the stock plummets and you know yeah it's it's basically over so um also a federal judge in 2013 when they turned over all that stuff actually ordered OME to pay Spain a million dollars for their legal fees and whatnot. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so OME just gets totally crushed over this. At one time, OME stock was worth $99 a share. Now it's worth about 450. Oh my gosh. And that's without like any reverse splits or anything like that. Like so it's it's actually like worth less than that if you really like consider what it was worth but right now if you want to invest in this company four dollars and fifty cents a share right go for it right now they've been uh let me see here um yeah they've been featured in documentaries like i said before uh i think like nat geo and uh the discovery channel of like featured them one in a documentary one in like a little tiny mini series and stuff so you can see like how this company goes and recovers some of this stuff yeah so it's they're, they're a total legit company uh but this last failure with this mercedes debacle really forced them to kind of change the ways they do things they had to sell off a bunch of their assets so a bunch of their ships and stuff and their main headquarters in florida they had to sell off so they basically got one ship and something else but they still get work like if someone finds something they'll be like hey we need a ship to come and recover this and these dudes are knowledgeable dudes and whatnot so they come out and take care of it but you know they're not going to recover anything worth a billion dollars anymore um why why did they think they could just take that one like they they know their shit they i feel like they should have known a little bit better um but their argument was that we feel that it wasn't a spanish owned ship at the time we think that it was a private ship 
but the little bit of research I did, you know, showed that it was with a Spanish flotilla, yeah, with a Spanish commander that was like, I don't recognize this peace between everybody, so I'm just gonna fire on this British thing. Like, it, it seems pretty clear, and I, I feel like they just tried to skirt some of the laws and felt like they might have gotten away with it. Uh, one thing I did find was that OME kind of released a statement, and they were like. The, the last thing that the U.S. Supreme Court decided on, um, it was kind of unusual, but it showed us exactly how we're supposed to interpret that law now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and comply. So maybe it was a little shady at that time in the early, mid-2000s, and they won't do it again, and neither will any other company. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think as someone who's had this idea of what a shipwreck is its whole life, you know, like if there's a sunken treasure, if you as the country who lost that treasure doesn't go out and recover it and some private company does like, sorry, man, like you lost out for sure. Like that thing happened in 16, sorry, 1804. Yeah. Like go find it. You didn't. That's like from 1804 to now, like Spain is hardly even the same country. Yeah. So how can you claim any rights to like that? So to me, it's like free game, man, if it's under there and you didn't find it. If a private company can fund itself to go out there and map the ocean floor and find this thing and recover it and artifacts and like, I'm sorry, it's theirs at that point. Yeah, and also... Over 200 years later. Yeah, and they also find, you know, like, I'm sure priceless artifacts in there that they can, you know, are going to go in museums, things that would have never been found, would have been left on the ocean floor. So it's like, yeah, who cares? I agree. The one successful one that they had, the SS Republic in the United States, all that gold and stuff basically went to museums. It wasn't like melted down and... yeah put out and turned into something else like that's that's actually usually how it happens is these companies sell it to museums right and it's available for everybody to see and that's what they would have done with the mercedes but spain confiscated all that stuff and spain actually took this stuff and just divided it amongst museums as well so yeah. it ended up going into the same place it was just that spain got the money from selling it to museums instead of OME, even though they did all the work. Yeah. Spain did and then nothing and literally didn't even they pay did nothing. their legal bills. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, what a kick so in the teeth, it, man. It is kind of, right? But, uh, you know, I feel like if you're doing that, you should be a little more aware of the laws. Yeah. Because with the other one, um, the... The Republic? Da, 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 no, yeah, they did that with that. The HMS Sussex oh, okay, that yeah, was yeah. found off of Gibraltar. They worked with England, or Britain at this point, And they were like, yeah, we'll share this stuff with you because we know this is your ship. So, And if uh, just to kind of reiterate, like they were totally on board with that. The British Parliament had agreed to this and signed this thing and they had this total agreement and then Spain stepped in thinking like this might be a galleon so we need to do this so Spain had basically given them the go ahead to recover the HMS Sussex but then when this thing happened with the Mercedes Spain totally pulled out and they were like 
you can't touch that thing. So they didn't even get to recover the Sussex because of this Mercedes debacle. Oh, no. So as it stands, the Sussex treasure is still at the bottom of the ocean in the Mediterranean. And there's probably nothing that's going to happen with that for a long time. What? Yeah. No one else can go find it or recover it, I should say. I mean, they know where it is. Sure. Um, only me right now is, you know, valued at about $22 million. Sure. Um, they used to be valued a little bit more, but that's the type of money you have to have to get some sort of a, a fleet together and yeah. this recovery equipment to do this stuff. So it's not like there's a lot of companies out here that do that sort of thing. Yeah. Like if James Cameron wants to go out there and like start discovering treasure, like he could probably afford it. But other than that, there's not a lot of sources out there for companies to just come into this. And you, you got to already kind of know the trade to even get into the right. trade. Maybe Arnold will fund something. <laughs> <laughs> One of his philanthropic adventures will be. Yeah, I, I feel like he would just, I feel like if I got into that, I would just like fuck it up, you know, <laughs> and I would be like, fuck this, get to the chopper, we're out of here. Uh, I mean, fund it, so, he doesn't have to find it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, just give somebody like 10 million bucks. Yeah, I'm sure he's got it. Yeah, he must have it, yeah. I mean, Berea probably took half of what he has, but maybe he's still got... 10 million extra you know he's making residuals on everything he's fine terminator (laughs) 2 plays constantly on cable (laughs) there's a new one coming out he's fine he's in it man i know it's crazy he's old in it too they didn't like cgi him down they were like he aged yes it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm curious as to like what's going on there same yeah yeah i'm thinking that it might be like kind of what they did with aliens where they was like i'm bishop the cyborg but i'm not i'm like the original creator of bishop right just looks like me i'm old now yeah 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 Yeah, i'm like clearly it's not the same terminator because it couldn't be couldn't be yeah but all the terminators sort of look the same yeah which i think is stupid but (laughs) maybe they were just like we need you to look old (laughs) go back in time looking old (laughs) right you're like a badass but you're just gonna look like some old man you've been clocked too many times looking young we're gonna send you back old loophole yeah can you hear my dog nobody will know screaming at the door you should probably go take care of that i open the door and they're both just sitting on the stairs like, please. And I don't have large stairs, so they're just, like, squished together laying there. <laughs> Kaz was, like, half under them. I'm like, oh, gosh. So that's about all I have for uh, OME. Okay. Odyssey Maritime Exploration. All right. Well, I got to say, it was very, very interesting. I'm a little surprised because I had to send you topics, and you were like, all right, I got one. And then it was none of my topics. No. Okay, sorry. Are you ready to hear about Emperor Norton? Do you need a break? Do you need anything? No, I'm good, actually. All right. Okay. So, like I was saying earlier, my friend Aaron and I were trying to come up with, like, really weird topics for our episode. And I thought of Emperor Norton um, 
originally I was like, that one's super weird. I'm going to do that. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait and actually do it uh, for yours because you're more familiar with San Francisco and the Bay Area, which is where this takes place. And um, I mean, because I was just like, yeah, it'll just it'll just fit nicer because you'll be like, yeah, that seems like the weirdness of San Francisco. Because hmm. you kind of know the city a little bit, I'm sure. Or at least the area, the Bay. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually kind of shocked you don't know this story because it is like very, uh, like it's become a big touristy thing in San Francisco. <laughs> well, I'm going to be pissed if like you start telling me and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally know what that is. I'm going to be pissed too. So <laughs> <laughs> it all started on September 17, 1859 when a Decree appeared in the San Francisco Bulletin newspaper, and the message said, At the preemptory request and desire of a large majority of the citizens, I, Joshua Norton, declare and proclaim myself Emperor of these United States. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. And the decree also commanded representatives from all the different states to convene in the Bay Area to make alterations in the existing laws of the union since the country was currently just running in a completely evil fashion. He was like, you know what? I don't like the way that things are going. I'm emperor. All of y'all need to get up here to the Bay because we got to fix this. (laughs) Okay. And the edict was signed Norton I, Emperor of the United States. The San Francisco Bulletin printed the decree as a joke, but like over the next okay. 20 years. Oh, see, I actually typed Edward Norton. See, I knew I <laughs> knew I <Wow>. was somewhere. <laughs> uh, sad. Okay, so the San Francisco Bulletin printed the decree as a joke, but over the next 20 years, Emperor Norton actually grew into like huge popularity in the Bay, and he's still a huge tourist attraction to this day. So you don't know anything about this dude, huh? Dude, uh, sadly, no. All right. Wow. It's great. So basically, like, who was this dude that became the United States' first and only emperor? He was born in England. So already, what? (laughs) Um, They think possibly London, but we're not sure. And he spent most of his early life in South Africa. So just the perfect person to be the United States emperor. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. And also just like, as a side note that I didn't write this down, but this dude, cause you were like, I only know like Edward Norton and my teacher, this dude, his father was named like John Norton or something like that. And then his mom was named something Norden, N-O-R-D-E-N. And I was like, so you have wow. Norton and Norden that got married. Like you gotta be kidding me. Wow. Norden sounds German, but the mm-hmm. D-E-N version. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So anyways, I, was, I just thought that was interesting because I was like, all right, they found each other and their names are basically the same thing. Hmm. So he came to America after his mom died. And then like two years later, his dad died. So he was just like, you know what? I'm out. And he arrived in San Francisco around November of 1849, they think. But again, not positive. So he had actually been a businessman, but he lost his fortune investing in Peruvian rice, which he expected to sell to China during a Chinese rice shortage. That didn't happen because I guess he bought his rice for like 12 cents and then 
what happened is like more shipments came in and they were able to sell it for four cents. And so he was just Ooh. like, yeah, drastic changes in margin there. And so yeah. he tried to void his rice contract, but he lost that lawsuit and his like public prominence faded because he was like a pretty well-known businessman. So then he reemerged magically in September of 1859 as our emperor. <laughs> Just like drastic jump. Like disgraced businessman to emperor <laughs> of the country. Smart. Right? I love it. I know. Dream big, man. Yeah. Um, so Emperor Norton used to walk the streets wearing an epaulet, um, adorned navy coat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. An ostrich feathered plume uh, plumed hat. And he occasionally would carry a military saber. So, <laughs> so this man was a pimp. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send you a picture of him. Was he the owner of a brothel? No, surprisingly. Um, wow. I know, which you would think maybe why, he would. Yeah, like why bother with the ostrich feather hat? I don't because he wanted to look fancy. I just sent you a link. Sorry, because I'm not gonna take the time to save an image, but. So the people of San Francisco like actually loved this dude. And <laughs> are you looking at him? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. He's great. I might like this guy. Right? I don't know. So the people like, okay, the people of San Francisco loved him so much that they would actually like fake fealty to him as he walked by. <laughs> and he used to like go into restaurants and they would let him eat free of charge because they were like, wow. yeah, man, it's the emperor. Like they, like <laughs> San Francisco loved him because of course they did. Cause this could, this could only happen in the Bay area where they were just like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. You got an emperor. Sure. This is awesome. Not only what did people like, bow to him and actually call him like your majesty and the emperor and all this kind of stuff. They let him eat for free, but they also made currency uh, that was issued in his name and they honored it at the establishments that he frequented. So like if you had Emperor Norton money or if he did, they took it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. While he was the emperor, he proclaimed that the United States Congress should be dissolved uh, by force and he had numerous decrees calling for the construction of a bridge and tunnel crossing the San Francisco Bay, which would connect San Francisco and Oakland, which like they, oh. they have now, right? Like, isn't that the Bay Bridge? That's the Bay Bridge. Yep. So in- A tunnel would have probably been a better idea. There you go. Um, and actually there's two Bay Bridges, just so you know, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we won't get into that debacle. It's because it's all due to this dude being like, we need a bridge, you guys. He told them over and over many times about this bridge. So in 1863, he took the secondary title of protector of Mexico after Napoleon III invaded the country. He was like, guys, I'm also just going to protect Mexico. Don't worry. I got this under control. Things are going wow. so swimmingly with me as emperor. <laughs> I got you, Mexico. <laughs> It's cool. Wow. Wait, what was the title for Mexico? Protector of Mexico. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they were like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Emperor Norton's here to save us. Oh, man. I'm so protected now. I know. He's got a military saber and an ostrich hat. We are saved. We're saved. Yes. Did this person ever have an army? 
No. Well, I mean, unless, <laughs> unless you consider the citizens of the Bay Area, which I'm sure many would have actually probably stepped up if needed. I'm sure Ooh. they would have. Peter? Uh, I'm not so sure. I'm sure a couple uh, of them would have. They're a little crazy up there. Maybe in the 1800s, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, they'd be like, no, I don't think so. Or, no. <laughs> I have brunch in Berkeley. No. Right. So, uh, just like, oh, you'll love this. As a callback to like our first episode, on December 2nd of 1859, Norton I dismissed Governor Wise of Virginia for hanging John Brown, and he appointed John C. Breckinridge of Kentucky to replace him, which, of course, did not actually take place, but this is what this dude decided. <laughs> he was like, y'all hung jo- John Brown, and I'm pissed, so... <laughs> I think that was my second episode, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the second episode. You're right. Yep. Maybe third, actually. I don't know. It's no second. So um, as his time, like as emperor, he made a lot of decrees. For instance, in July of 1860, he made a decree to dissolve the U.S. Just totally. Um, In October of the same year, he decreed Congress from meeting in D.C., He was like, no, you just can't meet in Washington, D.C. anymore. Also, that they should dissolve and abolish the Democratic and Republican parties because of party strife, which, you know what? Fair. Um, Okay. (laughs) Even back then, he was like, guys, knock it off. He also said that Sacramento needed to clean its muddy streets and place gas lights on the streets leading to the Capitol. He was like, okay, clean up your shit. In fact, he had so many decrees that a lot of them that were attributed to him were actually fake because newspaper editors used to write them for amusement and political purposes because they were like, you're never going to know if it's ours or freaking the emperor's like hashtag fake news. Truly. (laughs) So um, it's not a new thing. It's not, unfortunately. So he had a beloved dog named Lazarus who died in 1864. And the next year, Mark Twain actually wrote an epitaph for Bummer, which was the longtime companion of Lazarus. So basically, like this dude was hella well known and people loved him. Wow. And actually in the 1870, uh, or in the yeah, in 1870, the census taker actually listed his occupation as emperor. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. (laughs) They were in it. So in 1867, there was actually this patrol officer who arrested Norton and placed him in involuntary treatment of a mental disorder because, yeah. Yeah. Clearly. But but this actually caused a civic uproar and people were like, (laughs) how dare you? And this, this led to the police chief, Patrick Crowley, apologizing to Norton and ordering his release. (laughs) Um, Some newspapers actually wrote like scathing editorials about the arrest and it led to police officers saluting Norton when they passed him on the street. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So just like the crazy, this dude just was like, I'm emperor. And the entire Bay area was like, you got it, sir. And just like went with it. (laughs) Like, but yet he still never held any sort of office. No, he never and actually had any impact whatsoever. None. 
Uh, none of them. Wow. So on January 8th, 1880, Norton actually dropped dead on California Street and Grant Avenue. He was on his way to a lecture at the Academy of Natural Sciences. Or no, he was on his way to lecture at the Academy of Natural Sciences, which makes me go, what the hell was he lecturing on? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that, you didn't find that in your research, huh? No, I didn't check. I, weirdly enough, there's like a couple of articles about him, but there's not like tons of information. And I'm like, how is there not? But you can take a like wow. reenactment tour uh, in San Francisco where they have like dudes dressed up as Emperor Norton and you can like go to this museum and stuff and interact with him. I don't know. Cause I didn't dig into it. Cause I was like, you don't have information I need, but yeah. Yeah. I think I saw some pics like that. I don't yeah. think I'd want to be involved no. in that. Yeah. So January 10th, 1880 Norton, the first was buried at what is today the um, Masonic cemetery. Uh, okay. The funeral uh, cortege, cortege. I don't know. Uh, the funeral procession basically was two miles long and 10,000 wow. people turned up for the funeral in 1880. Wow. Like, he was like a rock star where they all show up for vigils, you know? Yeah. Um, and then June 30th, 1934, uh, he was reburied in Woodlawn cemetery by citizens of San Francisco. I don't know why he was, but he was. And then January 7th, 1980, the city marked the 100th anniversary of the death of its only monarch, Emperor Norton, with lunch <laughs> hour ceremonies at Market and Montgomery Streets. <laughs> like, wow. So even 100 years later, San Francisco was like, yeah, our monarch, you know. I'll read you his entire like decree that he, he when he announced himself emperor. Oh my gosh, can you hear my dog? No. Oh good, because she's screaming in there. He said, okay, so the decree said, at the peremptory request and desire of a large majority of the citizens of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, formerly of Algoa Bay, Cape of Good Hope, and now for the past nine years and 10 months, oh, and now for the last nine years and 10 months past of San Francisco, California, declare and proclaim myself emperor of these United States. And in virtue of the authority thereby in me vested, do hereby order and direct the representatives of the, the different states of the union to assemble in musical hall of this city on the first day of February next, then and there to make such alterations in the existing laws of the union as many ameliorate the evils under which the country is laboring and thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad in our stability and integrity. Norton, the first emperor of the United States. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like imagine working for the, the San Francisco bulletin and like that coming through and you're just like, guys, <laughs> we're publishing this, right? Like, come on now, <laughs> man. I, I don't know how that would have been received at that time. Um, it makes me think of like all the false messiahs and false prophets and everything else. Uh, you know, the Catholic Church called them heretics for hundreds of years, right? Right. Uh, a lot of false messiahs and prophets coming through um, all throughout Europe, and, and I'm sure it happened in America too. So it's like, I wonder 
if that was just sort of a run-of-the-mill thing, even up in the 1850s and 60s. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I feel like if that happened today, where like someone actually had a decree and put it out on Facebook and and said like you know the government needs to be abolished and stuff, like I I almost think you'd be in jail. Maybe, yeah. You definitely people would definitely come check on you to be like, are you stable? So. Are you dangerous? And do we need to put you in a mental institution? Especially right. if many... you're then like, I'm the emperor. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think you can get away with stuff like that nowadays. I don't think so. I, I find it hysterical that, like, a cop was finally like, this dude's batshit. And I don't know if the cop knew who he was to begin with or if it was, like, a new guy from out of town. Um, yeah. But I love the fact that the police chief was like, what the hell? You can't arrest the emperor. We got to go release him. <laughs> and then they all started to salute him. Like, and it totally was, yeah. you can tell, like, you can totally tell that the entire city did it very, like, they were in on the joke. They were just like, oh, it's crazy. Sure. Emperor Norton. And nobody was like, this dude's onto something. They were just like, yeah, sure. And they just... But they just like let him have his delusions, <laughs> which I don't know if that's healthy. Like, I mean, he I he wasn't dangerous, but he very well could have been, you know, <laughs> with somebody with yeah. these outlandish ideas. Man, that is, uh, gosh, something that needs to be researched in some ways. Like, I feel like there's a thesis statement in there somewhere, like. If if that happened today, it would be taken totally different. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Boy, that's actually a lot to process. <laughs> like, seriously, because I, I feel like what they used to do is think, okay, you're not causing any trouble. We'll just deal with you, right? Until you actually do something. Yeah. A.K.A. John Brown. Yeah. Then we'll do something about it. Sure. Until you do that, do whatever you want. Yeah. By the way, like, this person would have been legally able to own guns. Yep. And go travel wherever he wanted, like, uninhibited or whatever. Like, I feel it's a different world nowadays. I'm very libertarian, so I'm like, hey, do whatever you want. Like, the government has no say in anything that you want to do marry whoever you want do whatever you want like it's that's america but yet it's definitely not that way today so i think if you were like saying all these crazy things and god forbid you owned a gun like you'd be like okay that's it we got to take this guy out you know yeah red flag laws right for sure so time to take this guy out before he does something crazy but yet he's done nothing uh, he, he hasn't done anything he's dangerous. Done things. He hasn't done anything dangerous. He's done some crazy things, but yet he hasn't acted on any of this stuff. Like that's why I asked you. Like, did this guy have an army? No. No. He just thinks he's the emperor. Yeah. So let him think that. Salute him. No problem. And he doesn't hold any office. Yeah. In San Francisco or anything, he has no bearing on any of the policies of the land. Like. Let him think whatever the fuck he wants to. Yeah. He didn't even, like, I mean, he didn't even go anywhere. Like, he he wasn't out there, like, 
protesting or well, yeah. But he wasn't doing anything. I did read. I gotta find it because um, it wasn't in. I didn't put it in my notes. He did go to one thing, like the opening of some museum or something like it was the only thing that I read that he actually like went to the rest of the time he just sat there and like made decrees in the newspaper and walked around yeah. with you know dressed up like an army man <laughs> like well he had obviously been to Sacramento <laughs> which is a couple hundred miles away and he was like dude like I can't see at night <laughs> like you really need to get some fucking oil lamps out here right? things are so, so. muddy <laughs> Yeah, money. Clean your streets. Uh, why won't this open? It literally won't let me open my document, like at all. Okay, well, sorry, can't can't do it. Yeah. Anyways, he went to like one opening thing, and I don't know, I don't know where it was at, but it seemed like it was somewhere on like the East Coast, like it was gonna be in wow. Virginia or something, but maybe not. But seriously, he was just like the people just loved him. And they were like, you know what? Yeah, you're not harming anyone. We'll let you wander the streets and use your own currency. We'll accept it. It's fine. <laughs> Which is also <laughs> batshit crazy. So, oh man, this opens so much for me. So, <laughs> and I'll try not to make this too political, but what used to happen with crazy people, homeless people, whatever, charity took care of these people. The, the town took care of these people. Mm-hmm. And now there's a disconnected government service that's like, okay, food stamps, okay, welfare. Yeah. And it it takes away the community from that person. So when these crazy people come in, you're scared and you're like, who is this person? Get them away from me. And I, I feel like the way it was before, you would have known who this person was. Let's go back to the Bible. Yeah. Like th- some of the people that Jesus healed um, according to the Bible, believe whatever you want. Those people were recognized by all these people that went back and forth yeah. the, th- in and out the temple. And they're like, I know that dude. Like, he's been crippled for two decades. And now the dude's walking, yeah. right? He's a beggar. We all gave him money. And now this dude is like healed. I feel like that was the connection that the community had to its citizens. And now because of these government programs, which are meant to help people. Yeah. They disconnect the charitableness and the the connection with the community that used to be there. Yeah. And, and it also makes us a lot more, what's the word, uh, whatever. It, it makes us a lot more disconnected to these things because we're like, dude, the government's got it. Yeah. It's fine. I don't need to be a part of it. That's the government's job. They're the ones that's going to protect me if this person picks up a gun or whatever. I don't need to be a part of it. So just go and get that guy. Yeah. Right? I don't need I don't to like help him here. Him. Get rid of him. Yeah. I don't need to help him. Yeah. He's probably on drugs anyways. Yeah. But yet, if, if you got the government out of that, you would know exactly who that person was. Yeah. It would be a person in your neighborhood. You'd be like, yeah, that's, what's his name? We all try to help him out. You know, we've, we've tried to make him <laughs> go to church or get help yeah. at AA or whatever, right? But, you know, we can't, so we just try to do what we can. We keep an eye on him. We handle it. Yeah. We get him haircuts. That's the end of my... Right. Yeah, that is a yeah. thing, too, because I've never, I mean, I've never thought of it like that. But it's also, it's, it's yeah, it's one of those things, too, where then... 
because of these government programs, then everyone just looks at people that are on them and they're just like, oh, you're abusing the system. So then we dislike them even more and we remove them from our, you know, our lives even further. We're like, get out of here. Like, I have no respect for you because I believe that you're just abusing the system. And very few people that are on the system are actually using it, you know, correctly. Everyone else is just taking advantage and I'm paying for it. And yes. so then we just remove ourselves even further and we don't try to help those people. Like I don't, th- yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, I've never heard of anyone trying to help people on welfare really, you know, not like a community, maybe dropping off some Christmas presents here and there for the family. Exactly. But like, that's it. Yeah. There's the Thanksgiving drive and a Christmas drive yeah. from like local churches and stuff. And they do that. And that's great. But, it, but because those people are taken care of, 24 7 apart from those days it really disconnects the community from these people yeah like you don't know and you don't care who needs help because that's someone else's job yeah we also but you would care "Mm, they don't need my help the government's taking care of them they're already taking my money so why am i yeah giving to charities on top of this right the government is the charity Mm mm-hmm I think that's wrong where it needs to be the the local charities that, that take care of these things. Yeah, and interesting. And if it wasn't so uh, guaranteed that you were going to get these things, then I feel like a lot of people who are more able to work and be productive would be that mm-hmm. because you would kind of just be required to do that. And you would have help from the community to help you get to that point. But as of now, it's just kind of a guaranteed thing. But that's my own little spin, and that's as far as I really want to take yeah, it. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I just never thought of it like that. So interesting. It does make me think, like, with, with this Emperor Norton, where they were just like, hey, man, he's cool. <laughs> like, this guy is awesome. Just let him do what he wants. You know, he can come into into our establishment we'll give him free food yeah and you know he can have his own currency you come in there with that stuff we'll accept it whatever man it's cool and you know at some point they're like you know he might have been onto something with that whole bridge thing (laughs) like like, hang on maybe he wasn't such an old kook (laughs) (laughs) we definitely need a bridge this is ridiculous (laughs) No, no, no. Oakland's not a tunnel. three miles Come away. On. Not a tunnel. The well, bridge. yeah, we should have done a tunnel. Ah, <laughs> oh, love it. Very interesting. Uh, I'll have to see where um, this guy is sort of well-known. Like, uh, I saw there was a statue at, at some yeah. place, but I didn't, I didn't read to see exactly where that was at. Yeah, they've got a statue of him in San Francisco because, of course, <laughs> it might have his dog with it but i don't think it does i think i'm mixing something else up with that okay well all right i should go do we have an outro i don't remember oh, no not really half the time i just okay. ended, i'm very terrible at it so okay yeah i did i did listen to the first episode yeah yeah we s- i am horrible oh so am i I can't stand editing myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so annoying. <laughs> I, I didn't even notice you. Oh. It's just all me. I'm like, just cut it all out. <laughs> and I don't notice anything from you either. 
What? I don't notice any of oh it. I'm just like, yeah, gosh. Man. I'm like, Matt says like a lot. That's all I got when I'm editing it. But when I listen, I don't pick <sighs> up on it. But I just constantly hear myself and I'm like, you shut up, you dumb bitch. (laughs) 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 It's fun. Look, we're still figuring it out. Yeah. Honestly, my one on Agent 355 is so bad. It's so, so bad. I'm like, (laughs) oh, and there's so many like names because they're like this dude, but his code name was this. And then this dude, and then he had these friends. And I was like, none of this is probably making sense. It's so terrible. (laughs) Uh, I'll look forward to hearing that. I feel like the last one I did, which was about um, Hilda, the art. I was like, oh, that one is so bad. Because I liked it, but I wasn't like super involved in it. And then when I ended it, it was just like, oh, fuck, I really don't have a good outro here. So, like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So that really sticks with me where I'm like, oh, fuck, don't do that again. (laughs) Yeah, I did that with mine today where I was like, and I'm at the end of my paper. Oh, shit. I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger <laughs> because I didn't do enough research to yeah. really end this properly. <laughs> you know when you like start a sentence and it ends and you're like, wait, no, no. You're like, hold on, let me reread that because I've started it all wrong. Like that's literally the ending of mine where I was like, wait, hold on, let me rephrase this. <laughs> this, is, this is not correct. Well, <laughs> It's a good thing probably no one will ever listen. So there you go. It's true. If this ever becomes popular, <laughs> we are screwed. <laughs> this, this becomes popular. Uh, I'm going to have to take some speech classes. <laughs> I've, already ta- I've already taken one, which is very sad. <laughs> so, like, I got to get into improv or something oh. and just find out how, to, how do you mix things up as you go you can actually hire third coast and they will do it like they have a a thing they're like growing man when um that's awesome when you're sitting there waiting for the show to start they have like a little powerpoint that scrolls through and one of the things is that they say like hey we can actually you can actually like hire us you can come take classes here or if you want we can actually come to your office building and have the entire office do improv with each other to help build like teamwork and i'm like yeah if my office ever had improv people show up and they were like we're doing this for teamwork i'd be like i quit that's how much i hate i would hate it i would be like this is not going to make me build teamwork it's gonna make me resent you i don't want to do this (laughs) right right it's super uncomfortable it is well all right all right I should let my. I guess that's it. Should let my poor dogs just, out. You should, and this will just fade out into nothing. Well, that's the episode. As always, thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Half Ass History Podcast, on Facebook at Half Ass History, and on Twitter at Half Ass Underscore Pod. If you have episode ideas you'd like to send in or just a shit ton of corrections, you can get in touch with Cola at halfasshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, dummies, this has been Half-Ass History.